Unshaken is a discipleship podcast that exists to edify and encourage all believers in Christ Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, the Apostle Paul writes, Be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. By His divine power, Jesus has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So let's consider together how we might spur one another on towards love and good works. Join us as we talk about various topics, including the work of the ministry, the many joys and challenges of the Christian life, and the Holy Spirit whom Jesus promised would guide us into all truth. We continue today in Walter Chantry's book, The Shadow of the Cross, picking up in chapter 2 entitled, Take Up Your Cross. All right, we're back. It's been, I think, about a week or a couple of weeks because we, we were off last week. Um, like we've said before, uh, Bob, sometimes things come up in the ministry yes. and we're not able to always get to the podcast. Um, it's not, uh, I'll just be honest, it's not uh, our biggest priority, but but something that we, we enjoy, we love doing yes. on, on Friday afternoons. So uh, happy to be back. And uh, today's a special day because we are... For the first time in our studio, uh, our church here, Calvary Chapel, Pearl Harbor, we, we've just uh, about finished building our broadcast studio here in the office, and uh, it, it came out great thanks to Corey and Austin and Rennell. These guys worked really hard to, um, to make this happen, and um, we're finally here, and we're not quite there yet for the, for the video aspect of our recordings mm-hmm. so it's just audio for now but we're looking forward to to having that available uh sometime in the near future yeah. very nice these guys did a phenomenal job um and quite quickly they put it together yeah just a, a few months very professional uh, a lot of um great uh things that we can use for the the podcast and so yeah well, it's not a not a live broadcast yet but it will be so in the future, you're going to see the face to the voices, <laughs> which could be kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, we're ar- we're already on the thumbnail, the clip art, yeah. whatever you call that. <laughs> yeah. I'm grateful, I'm very blessed, and privileged, and honored that and humbled that we get to use this today, you know, break it in. So, but yeah, we're going to recap. I'll start with the recapping. Uh, there, there's different points in this chapter. We talked about uh, in the first one about bearing the cross as universal meaning. If you're going to follow Christ, you've got to pick up your cross. That's without uh, exception. It's something you have to do. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you think about doing. You must do. Also, I talked about the second point was the cross is perpetual, meaning it's not a once and for all thing, as the author says uh, in the book and right. in this chapter, you know, once paid and forever forgotten. It's not something like that. Of course, we wish it could be mm-hmm. or would be, but unfortunately... That is not the case, and as a Christian, this is something that we're supposed to do ongoing uh, each and every day. So now we get to point number three, which he talks about the cross is painful. So I'll let you start on that aspect of pain, John. Yeah, (laughs) he says, uh, this is uh, in the middle of page 23, the term cross has lost all significance if the element of dreadful suffering is taken away. Our Lord endured the most cruel pangs ever inflicted upon a man. But we must recognize that the cross represented inward as well as outward pains. To our perfect Lord, the inward torture of the cross was far greater 
than the outward. And I think on our last episode, we we talked a little bit about this uh, towards the end uh, of that last episode we recorded on the the inward and the outward mm-hmm. pain and suffering that that Christ experienced on the cross, and you know what that looks like for us as believers as well. Uh, we'll never. I mean, God forbid, but I don't think we'll ever experience that physical suffering here on earth the way that Christ did, yeah. being being whipped and scourged and um, beaten and bruised. It, mm-hmm. His his body was torn open uh, to the point of unrecognition. Yeah, and you know, by God's grace, we'll never have to experience that. Our our hands being pierced and and our feet being nailed to a cross. Uh, with open wounds, uh, but but what he's what the author's saying here is to him it wasn't even that outward pain, that mm-hmm. outward torture that was um, the most uh, great. It was it was the inward yeah. uh, pain that Christ experienced on the cross, and that that inward pain had a lot to do with uh, the separation, right? That he would experience with his father for the first time ever. Yeah, and you think, you know, it's hard for us to to make parallels, you know, mm-hmm. what that uh, would feel like, the inward pain. I mean, I think the closest that that could happen to us as a father losing a child, a son or daughter, through some type of, you know, physical infirmity, an accident to where they pass. And that, that you know, for me is unconscionable I'm trying to think of that. But the fact that God... The Son was with God the Father from all time eternity, mm. and in that face-to-face intimate fellowship with His Heavenly Father, up to the point of being nailed to the cross, and knowing that at that one point when He took the sin, your sin and mine upon Himself, that His Father had to turn away from Him, yeah, because the Holy God could not look upon sin, yep. and thus, you know, His words, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned your back on me? Why can't you look upon me? And you think about it in a term of intimacy and from a personal perspective like if you have a child that's hurt you know they come running to you for comfort and for solace for protection security in the same manner jesus said hey i need you right now this is the one time in my entire life and in the ministry that you have given me to do on this earth and now you're turning yourself away from me when i need you the most Hmm. and began you know he's was god incarnate in the flesh you know so he felt that abandonment, but it had to be done because his father was perfect, and our perfect God, we know, cannot look upon sin. So, uh, yeah, that's, you know, trying to understand the inward torture that he knew that was going to happen from the Garden of Gethsemane to the time that he was on the cross and the sin of the world came upon him. I, that, to me, is like, how do you explain that? How yeah. do you put in words, you know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of very difficult um, to consider. Yeah, and well, we, like we talked about, too, the... This idea of taking up the cross, it's um, it's universal and yes. it's perpetual. Yes. Meaning, it's a daily it's yeah. a daily practice yes. of taking up our cross. And this is not to, in any way, imply that we're gonna we're, we're guaranteed to experience physical suffering mm-hmm. every single day. I, I know for me, I've I've been blessed not to mm-hmm. experience that kind of physical suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, he says on top of twenty four, Stephen was not stoned daily. Yet the Savior said, we must bear a daily cross. Even in the worst of times, apostles were not imprisoned daily. Mm -hmm. He says, there is a cross to bear on the best of days as well as on the worst. Mm -hmm. 
Peter carried a cross during civil peace as well in times of strife. A failure to comprehend that inward pain is the worst part of the cross has led some believers to misunderstand our Lord's demand of a daily cross. It's this misunderstanding which may lead to unnecessary alarm and dismay when true saints read our Lord's demands. You, you may bear a cross unseen by all but your Heavenly Father. And then he, he adds, How often a pastor is surprised to learn of the cross borne by members of the congregation through trials never imagined by him. The deepest pains of the cross are not publicly visible. Yeah. If you think about, you know, in this country, like you said, we probably will never face harsh physical persecution. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you think about China or India, you know, these third world countries, the 1040 Windows countries, we know the underground church in China, oh, yeah. how they are persecuted mm-hmm. incredibly to the point of, hey, deny um, Christ or we'll continue to do this unconscionable type of beating and torture that they experience, yet they don't. You know, like I told you before, when I was in China and I met an underground pastor that had just got released from incarceration, and they were trying to get him to disband his church, and it was Karen, he wanted prayer. Two weeks before he got there, and we talked with him, and but he said that the underground church has a model, the greater the persecution, the greater the revival. Hmm. And there's such a... Um, a unification because they know this is all we have. This is our hope. We know what communist China is like. We know what they are trying to do. And that is to, of course, take over the, the religion within the country. But the underground church is strong. and But we will never face that type of persecution. Maybe or maybe so. Right. Because we look at America now, we know that things are moving in a lateral direction opposite from what we're so used to mm-hmm. as a Christian, quote-unquote, uh, country and nation. Yeah, we've become the minority now. And we are, yeah, we're an anomaly right now yeah. in, in this country. So could it happen? Uh, maybe not to that extreme, but I think as more liberties and freedoms are stripped from us, that mm. we have the right to worship freely, uh, fellowship freely, read our Bibles freely. Should that begin to be taken away, then yeah, the, the rubber will meet the road, and how much within this country will those that are true followers of Christ stand firm mm. in their convictions to do whatever is necessary to honor God and to honor the, the, the faith that we have. Yeah. I think it's coming. There's yeah. no doubt it's coming. Oh, definitely. Uh, he goes on. I like what he says. Um, when you talk about St- Stephen, but at the end of that paragraph, you just read, says, the deepest pains of the cross. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You already read that. For, furthermore, taking up your cross, this another point is intentional act, is an intentional act, an act. In every passage which records our Lord's mention of a cross for his disciples, he commands them to take it up. The Lord does not force a cross upon any man against his will. He goes on to say, He does not strap the cross to a man's back. There are great afflictions uh, for God's people which are imposed by providence. Irresistible suffering may be the hand of chastisement or of refining mercy. These are trials, but not crosses. A cross must be taken up by the one whose self is to be denied painfully. And when I read that, and there's so much depth in what the author is writing here because sometimes and I think what he's making the parallel is that we can confuse um, the cross of self-denial to afflictions that we suffer or chastisement that we that came, can, can come upon us by being believers mm-hmm. so he makes a difference and a parallel between like the, there are great afflictions for God's people which are imposed by providence meaning they, God has his hand upon the things that happen within our lives he allows Satan to come against us with, you know, he can't do nothing without God's permission. 
Then he says, irresistible sufferings may be the hand of chastisement, chastisement or re refining mercy. But then he says, but these are trials, but not crosses. So he makes the distinction there. And I think that's where we have to really um, understand what is that of the cross and what we're suffering through denying self and what is that of things that we're going to go through in this life. In this world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Mm -hmm. So what is that distinction? How do we how do we make that distinction? Right. You know, that's what I think he's shown us here. Right. You know what I mean? And I got, yeah, I got two things for this section. One, when we think about the love of God, one thing that we don't consider very much is how he, he doesn't force things upon us. Yep. That, that's where... That's an aspect of God's love that that doesn't get talked about all that much, mm -hmm. but we we need to give it some attention here when he's talking about taking up your cross as an intentional mm -hmm. act and it's it's an act that that we ourselves engage in. Mm -hmm. It's not forced upon us. Uh, that just goes to show how loving our God is. Yeah. He he loves us enough to give us a choice. Yeah. He, he doesn't force things upon us, although he knows that, you know, my son, my daughter, this is the best for, for you, and mm -hmm. you're choosing to go against that. Well, it breaks my heart to, to allow you mm -hmm. to have your way, but I love you, and perhaps in you going down that path, you'll realize later on yeah. through maybe it's additional pain and suffering that you know what? God's way was better. Oh, and, yeah. and sometimes that's a, that's a really uh, hard pill to swallow. You know, some, some really tough lessons we learn along the way. Mm -hmm. And yet it, it, it builds us. It, it yeah. builds character. It brings us back to him. Yeah. And, and then the second, uh, the second part being, you know, as, as we take this cross and, it's it's again our decision that he says um, that there's gonna there's gonna be uh, hardship and and yet it's not it's not just a list of rules and regulations being held over us. What what Christianity is 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 a relationship. We exactly. I'm sure we've all at one point or another seen that bumper sticker. It's not a religion. It's a relationship, and and it it's just that. I think that's something else that this paragraph communicates is we're not we're not here to to just be subject to a list of do's and don'ts it's you know what i'm i'm choosing to to live my life with christ and um and this is what you know what that yeah. calls for yeah. it it calls for denial of self like we've talked about before mm -hmm. it talks it talks about you know you know suffering and and losing my life mm -hmm. uh that it might be saved yeah so I think, too, one of the things that we deal with uh, many times when we're going through or there are some hardships that we are in the midst of, some challenges, some tough times, and the the instinct that we have sometimes is to take the path of least resistance, mm. you know? And, and even in that, you know, like you said, God will not force you to go the other way yeah. because um, he wants us to walk with him in obedience. Yep. And yet in all of that, which is still amazing when you talk about God's love, as was Romans chapter 8 points out, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, we can move away from God, but God will never move away from us. That's we right. can maybe love God 
not the way we should, but that doesn't change the unconditional love that he has for us. Mm-hmm. Even when we are being knuckleheads and you know <laughs> being wayward, God's love is consistent. Mm-hmm. And I think when you when you consider that, then you realize, wow, then God's desire for me is is the best. And the only way that I can get the best is, as the author says here, is to take up your cross intentionally. Make that a, a something that you want to do, not something that you have to do. Right. And that's the big difference. You know, taking up your cross is something that you you know you want to do because you see the benefits behind a life that is beginning to understand the importance of not having self in the way of what God wants to do through us every single day. Mm. And yet it's not easy. We know that. I mean, there's days, of course, you know, I wake up, I don't want to take up my cross. I don't want to read. Sure. I don't want to pray. Um, come down here sometimes and there's certain things that projects we have to do. I don't feel like doing them. That's human nature. That's because of that flesh we have to deal with. But when you put everything in its proper perspective, then you realize, you know, why am I thinking this way? When, my Savior did everything to give me what I've got, and yet I'm being very selfish. And that's why the cross, the intentionalness of the cross is so important, because without mm. that, then we're, we're not going to get far with God's purpose for our life. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're not going yeah. to receive, like today in the prayer breakfast, you know, I like what it's saying that God wants us, He wants to hear from us, and He has so much promise for us. It's there. We have to, again, you know, re- recognize the invisible war we're against, which is the enemy, but also the enemy attacks our flesh from doing keep to keep us from doing things we know that are important to get us in another place with our Savior. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so whether it's, it's, it's keeping your armor on, even in doing all of that, you still have warfare. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the warfare is still there. It's a matter of how you are going to properly use the, the, the weapons that God has given you, which is important. But still, to me, as I'm going through this book, the greatest weapon that we have to take up to make everything else as far as that which Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 6 to work, you got to take up your cross. Because without the cross, that armor has no value, if you think about it. You know what I'm saying? Then we're going to do things and use the armor in the way that is from our own intellect, from our own perspective, and not from God's. Thus, it has no purpose. Spiritual purpose, I should say. You may win the battles here and there, but at the end of the day, you're still going to get wiped out, you know, mm-hmm. whether emotionally, mm-hmm. mentally, and especially spiritually, because you're not making any headway and there's not going to be fruit bearing within your life. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, like you're saying, uh, so much here in just this little paragraph um, on uh, on intentionality. Yeah, taking up your yeah there's a me. lot. There's a lot yeah. to unpack. And and we we finish it. We finish it up with point number five on uh, top of page 25. Mm-hmm. Right. He says, lastly, the taking up of a cross is mortal. It is deadly. Mm-hmm. Death on the cross may be very slow, but a cross has one objective. It ruthlessly intends to bring death to self. Put to death, he says, self-importance, self-satisfaction, self-absorption, self-advancement, self-dependence, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake, that's it. He says, death to self-interest because you serve Christ's honor, even capitulation of those things which men call legitimate interests for God's glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote down um, what caught my attention when he said right at the beginning of the paragraph under, you know, cross is mortal, where he says it is deadly. Death on the cross may be, man, he said may be very slow. Like I always make, make observations. Mm-hmm. So I wrote as a footnote, 
depends on how quickly you're willing to die to self determines whether the death of the cross is, is slow or mm. some or maybe quicker for others you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah i mean you look at That's like paul point. the apostle you know he went from persecuting christians to now becoming a, a, a incredible um servant of god in the you know if you read his books he wrote over half the new testament mm -hmm. but when i look at his life and like as i like reading about paul is my favorite he's my favorite bible character is he he died himself quickly you know what I'm saying? And, and and how I know that is when you read through Corinthians, especially the persecutions and sufferings that happened to him, it wasn't a slow death for him of dying to self. It was pretty quick. Once he got trans, tra uh, transformed, went and got discipled, he jumped two feet in, mm. and right away they were trying to kill him. Yeah. And, you know, so his death to himself was, to me, was pretty rapid. And that's okay because everybody has, uh, you know, a course on what it's going to take for them to finally give themselves up. And for most of us, if not all of us, it's a lifelong process. Of course, we never rise, neither did Paul. Mm -hmm. But I'm making a parallel that, again, like he said, death on the cross may be very slow, and that's what caught my attention. So to me, the quicker you die to self, then death on the cross is, is going to be more quicker from some people than for others, you know what I mean? So would you say <clears throat> that that death is a, is a single moment in time? You know what I'm saying? Because, like, like you said, the, the sinless perfection doesn't come until no. glorification, exactly. right? Until we are we are home with Christ, um, and and we can die to self, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's perpetual, right? So it implies a, da a daily dying, um, because as much as we uh, wish for the the old man to be buried, mm -hmm. he still will sometimes. You know, alive and well. Show, yeah, show himself. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I I think you know it, it's the cross is like you said, it's perpetual, it's intentional, it's something that we have to be mindful of to do every day. But our prayer, of course, is each time that we're willingly wanting to pick up our cross, more of, of self is dying, like he talked mm. about here. Mm. More of certain things. We all know what our battles are, what what self interest or whatever self is that's given us the most. Um, trouble you know what i'm saying to, yeah. to get rid of like and like he put here he did he put a handful of self-importance self-satisfaction absorption and so on and so forth i read that and what really struck me because you and i are in ministry these are things that satan can really come against us with like you do a ministry look what you did mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah and man you know and then people recognize what you do and say man great job and, you know, you kind of say, yeah, I did a pretty good job, you know, kind of thing. And I'm not <laughs> saying that you shouldn't get complimented for uh, a job well done. What I'm saying, though, that the attention should always be pointed to him. That's right. Because he gives us the abilities and, and, the, and the gifts and talents to do what we do. Just like the studio, you know, God used uh, the gifts and talents of Corey and Austin and Rennell to put this together. But at the end of the day, this is God's. Yeah. I mean, God used them, and that's the way it should be. They use their gifts, their abilities, their talents. But at the end of the day... Yeah. It's not them. I, I, I like the what, what Dr. Tony Evans, uh, he would say is, is God is the source. Yep. And everything else are resources yep, exactly. that derive from yep. the source of the capital that was S. so good that he, yeah, that's really, really important. Because he is the source and he uses, and he wants to use us. That's the thing about, you think about God, he wants to use. <laughs> it's crazy, man. You know, he takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, right? And so, and he said, for what reason at the end? So that no one can glory 
in what they've done, accomplished, mm-hmm. because it's all of him. Yeah. But this is, you know, I read this, I go, man, this is a danger, because this is exactly ministry, how Satan comes against us. Look how important you are. Um, you know, hey, look at all the things that you're doing to advance the work of the ministry. And we should, but like you said, he's a source, he uses our resources right. to do that, to get to and, get those things accomplished. And be very careful, right, to, to not find our identity in yes. in what we're doing and, and the yep. things that we accomplish yep. because that's not what it's about no, at the end of the day. Yeah. It's a good point. That's yeah. a really good point you said there. And I like the end of that paragraph. He says, even capitulation of those things which men call legitimate interests, we 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 die to yep. for God's glory. Yep. You know, it's yeah, it's it's everything. Uh in the middle of that second last paragraph where he says, bearing a cross is every Christian's daily conscious selection of those options which will please Christ, pain self, and aim at putting self to death. And the thing that kind of drew my attention, I think, in this chapter when he talked about how, how our self is pained uh, when we have to intentionally, universally, and mortally pick up our cross. And so he's, it's not something that is um, pleasant to do. Is the point I'm getting at, you know, like, oh well, another day. Let's let me pick up my cross. There's there's a cost behind that. I think is what mm-hmm. he's trying to point out. A and, cost behind the cross. Exactly, and <laughs> you know, so to say, oh well, I picked up my cross today, but there was nothing that really affected me in a sense. You know, hmm. I don't think that's the the perspective that the author is trying to get across to us, um, Walter Chancery, about cross bearing. Because if you look at the cross in itself, it's it's a it's a instrument of pain. Literally, when they nail somebody to the cross, it caused some serious pain. And so for us to bear our cross, like um, you read earlier, the inward and outward pain um, that comes with that. And I'm not saying that we should be sitting there suffering, but there, when we pick up our cross, there's an intentional reason why there's things that in our life God is saying, we need to get, we, this has got to go. Yeah. You know, just like you, you talked about, you know, basketball, whatever, right? Food. And but if in all reality, I mean, if God said no more basketball for you, that would pain me because mm. I love the sport so much. I enjoy playing. I've been playing it for decades. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's somebody go, oh, it's just a game. Well, but for me, it's it's a it's a source of ministry, you know. But I'm, if God says, hey, we're going in a different direction, no more basketball for you. What? Are you serious, God? Why? <laughs> I would be asking all the hard questions. Why? Right. right. Oh, uh, I don't have to give you an answer. I just told you what you need to do. And you need to do it. Yeah. So, but uh, see, but that's that inward suffering, the inward pain I would feel. I'm just making an, an illustration. Right. That would be something very difficult for me to lay it down. Like somebody yeah. that surfed all their life and God says, no more surfing for you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, that's. And not, God doesn't have to provide an explanation no, for, <laughs> you know, for what he wants out of us. Yeah. Um, we, we just have to be obedient and subservient to that. Sometimes too, it it makes us realize if if those times ever come, you know, yeah. and I'm I'm sure it has been some really hard losses um, that we've had to experience in life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, he it also makes us realize how um, tight of a hold we had on on certain yeah. things. Maybe we didn't, you know, prior to that point, we didn't think that it was. Uh, that we were holding on that tightly mm-hmm. to to something that God asked us to. Yeah, you you find yeah. out when he ha- when you're told, hey, we need to let that go. Then yeah. you realize how loose or how tight the grip you had on that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. 
Um, that's when that's when you, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, really, in this world, we we should keep a loose grip on things because you oh, just never yeah, know. Absolutely. You know what God is going to call us to do, call us where to go. Um, I mean, you're young still. I mean, for me in ministry, I'm, I'm getting up there, so I'm in the latter twilight of that. But I'm always I'm like Abraham. I have this mentality: God, if you want us to go, I'll go wherever you want us to go. I try not to put age as a perspective of limiting what I can and cannot do, although I know the reality of certain things. But still, um, I like to keep a loose grip on certain things, on things so that if God ever says it's time to move, it's time to go. Yeah. So I'm I'm prepared. Yeah. What do you think about this? This is at the bottom of 25. He says, at each stage of growth, more (laughs) self-denial is required, more painful blows to self, more reckless decision to serve the Lord Christ with consequent abandonment of one's own life. You know, I think I, I've heard people say like, does it get easier? It, it gets easier, right? You know, the, the, the longer we do this, you know, this, this Christian life, and it's like, well, not necessarily. No. I, I think what happens when you get older, you, you have more wisdom. Mm. So you, you know how to pick and choose your battles. You know how to pace yourself. But to me, and this is just my own perspective of things, that as you get older, there, there, there's a desire that you want to do more. In other words, you want to take the experiences that you are learning and growing over the years, and God, how can I take what you've given me to use it for your glory, um, for the advancement of the kingdom? And so I think the point that he's saying here at each stage of growth is you're growing older and you're getting more mature in the in in the faith and what God's called you to do. Of course, job titles change. Your direction could change as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, yeah, we need to let go of self um, so that you can be in that place where God says, hey, I have this I want you to now experience. And when self is in the way, especially when you're used to doing a specific thing for a number of years, you're not as flexible to say, that you want you really want me to do that? Is, or is that the direction that you want me to go? But for me, like I've been in ministry a long time, so I'm just open to whatever God wants me to use me for. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and I know since I've been here at this church, my job title has changed quite a bit, which is, I'm not complaining about it. It's been great. And, and quite honestly, and I look over my ministerial experience, and it's amazing to see how much more God is using me now than, you know, in the past, in the, in the uh, earlier on in my mm, life. That's so cool. Because I'm more experienced, and God sees yeah. that you're more mature. So I, like the Bible says, if you're faithful in little things, I will bless you with the greater. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more true to that. When you get old and you see God opening his hands to give you more because he knows you'll be faithful with that. Mm-hmm. Not anything to do with me. Um, yes, you have to study. You should be in the Word. You should be growing in your faith. You should expand your understanding of, of, of maybe vision of what God wants you and to do in the future. That's why, you know, short-term short and long-term goals. Yep. But open to God whenever those changes and he wants to change your plans. That's right. up to him. But yeah, this is so true. I think as you get, and the thing too about as you get older, this not, doesn't get easier to give up self. Mm-hmm. It, it's a harder thing. Why? Because that old saying, you know, it's hard to teach an old, teach an old dog new tricks. Yep. You can get set in your ways. And mm-hmm. that's why I think the point that he's making here to keep you from getting set in your ways, you have to deny self more Yeah, because it's easy to get content to get complacent or get just get in a groove and say, okay, everything's good. Hey, why should I put myself through more stuff? But I just want to be used. You know what I'm saying? Right, That's right. the point of the matter. Yeah. Usability is going to be determined by how much willing you're willing to give up of yourself. Yeah. 
And he says at each stage of growth. So he's implying yes. that there is a maturing. Yes. And, you know, the Bible says to whom much is given, yep. much is required. Yep. And yep. and that's that all comes with it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in the second paragraph where he writes, if you have struggled to worship the Almighty, hmm. you will have learned that there is no satisfying communion with the Most High without a cross. And... Um, and I wonder, you know, when I, I think about like your 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 ministry, you know, you do you do worship, but I, I think about when people come here um, to worship, you know, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. If this is even a consideration of of denying self so that God can have all of that person that day, that morning, mm. to bring praise and honor and glory to Him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think what happens sometimes, or many times in church, not sometimes, but many times. It just becomes routine with people that come here. Oh, it's another Sunday. The worship team is going to lead us in worship. We're going to go through the motions. But God wants sincerity, you know, from like like in, in John 4, you know, God is looking for those to worship him in spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. To me, that that's that's a cross. Dying to self so that I can come here just abandoned unto God and to give him what he's He's due. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I, so I, I know your, your position... I don't envy your position, but I know you're not doing it for the people. You're doing it for the Lord, and mm-hmm. everything else is up to them mm-hmm. to to follow, walk into that place of what you've been doing all week long to prepare them to meet with their Savior and their Lord in that yeah. morning. And and one thing I do as a worship leader, a worship pastor, to to help the people is my song selection. Mm-hmm. If if people are coming into the church and we're entering into this time of worship corporately, mm-hmm. and they haven't yet picked up their cross yep. that morning and died to self, yep. then I, I, I see it so fitting to to point them to the perfect one who did p- pick up yep. his cross. And and I think that's, that's so powerful when you have these songs that are so gospel-centered mm-hmm. that are always making mention of Christ and him crucified, the, the cross that he bore, the, the wrath of God that he satisfied, and and he is being magnified. I like how John Piper described it. It's not being magnified with a microscope, because what does a microscope do? It it makes a, a tiny, you know, molecule look look big, <laughs> yeah. but rather it's it's this telescope of of, of looking through this lens and, and seeing God in in his in his vastness and his greatness in his glory and getting a, a clearer picture of who he is mm-hmm. and and what he's done we're still not able to even begin to fathom oh, sure. him in, in in his fullness mm-hmm. but through through a telescope we can see a planet a lot bigger yeah. than with the naked eye yeah. and and so in worship you know that's that's what we look to do too that's part of our aim is to to usher people in you know, yeah. and and I'm a I'm a lyrics kind of guy. I, when I when I sing these songs, I love to just meditate upon upon the lyrical content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the 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 music, the the melodic movement throughout a song is, is great, but it's it's where where's the yeah. focus? You know, what are we what are we singing? Yeah. And uh, if it's if it's singing about Christ and and the, His cross that He bore for mm-hmm. us, perhaps that might start to get people to think now, yeah. you know, did I pick up my old cross today? Yeah. And and now now we're I think, you know, getting on that right track. Yeah. 
And well, this is just kind of like a word. Maybe what you could do as God is moving you and leading you by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and you're sensing is to give the, an admonishment to the congregation and say, you know, let me share with you what this song means mm. and why this song is resonates with me so deeply and why you should resonate with you. And here's the reason why. Yeah. And just, you know, whether it brings conviction or consciousness or let people think about, wow, I never even looked at it from that perspective. Mm. You know, because as a worship leader, you know, you're yeah, you are out there leading the congregation to worship God the way that you would like to see in them worship in spirit and truth. But sometimes as a worship pastor, they need to hear a word from you. Yeah. To say, yeah. you know, let me share with you before we begin the song and here let me share this lyric and why this is so important for me personally. And this is why and what I see in this in this song. And I just want you to catch by you know, XYZ. It may again instill and stir up the hearts of the people like, man, I didn't even think about that. Mm. Or are you preparing yourself before you come here to meet with this great God that gives us this ability, this privilege to get into the most holy place? I get to lead you into the most holy place. Mm. And I want to take you there, but yeah. you gotta come with me. Right. And the only way you're gonna come with me is you gotta understand the depth of the song. Yeah. And you just never know. No, you know? I think that's yeah, I think that's a great suggestion. And yeah, I'll look I'll definitely look into doing more of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean that's I, I that's think true leadership, yeah. Because you know you're you're the worship leader, mm-hmm. but you're also the worship pastor. Yeah, and pastor means you know admonishing the word if from time to time. Because I know sometimes you can caught up in the moment and you're going through your set and maybe you're conscious of the time. But for me, it's like God's not on a time element. Yeah. And if this is to to bring the people to a heightened state, when I want to say heightened state, not emotionally but spiritually, mm-hmm. to let them engage with God, like they they may be coming here for weeks on end just sitting there going through the motion but also you give them a word and they go shoots right. I didn't even think about that man what do you say is so true it's, it's one thing too to just because I know some people are out there and they're doing this some are just looking at the screen just staring at the screen some are maybe just listening to the music mm-hmm. and what if we did all engaged all three of yeah. these senses we're, we're, we're looking at the words we're listening to them mm-hmm. and we're, we're singing yeah. them yeah. we're verbalizing them yeah. I, I think the more, uh, the more senses we can activate yeah. in our worship, mm-hmm. will uh, it'll it'll do something yeah. to our to our spirits yeah. and, and and to our minds. And, yeah, and that's the way good. you should come here. You know, like whether it's communion or Pastor Joe teaching, whoever's teaching, come here prepared. You know, hey mm-hmm. God, what do you have for me this morning? What what am I? What do you have for me this morning that I want to hear from you? It's not like you know, I want to give back to you. I want to give to you everything, but I want to hear from you this morning through the teaching of the word. Mm. You know, preparing yourself before you get to church. And I, I know people, I, I guarantee 70, 80% of the congregation, they just come here. There's no, there's no really preparation, whether, you know, reading the Bible, um, you know, Sunday or, or Saturday evening and getting themselves ready to, to have an encounter with God. Yeah. You know, it's not what God, what can you give back to God? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, worship, man. You need to worship him. Yeah. It's what he wants from us. It'd be bottom of 26. Okay. It says, A cross greets the Christian who is determined to rise early to meet his God. It begins with the alarm clock. <laughs> Self desires another hour of sleep. It is only reasonable to remain in bed since the baby woke up twice last night. <laughs> but if the love of Christ burns in your soul, you would rather inflict pain on yourself than plunge into the demands of business at home and office and end the day with the sad realization that you had not been with him in quiet at all. That is so, so practical. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we can all re- relate to that. Oh, yeah. 
you know, do I do I wake up and do I do I set my alarm maybe an hour earlier this morning so that I can uh, I can spend that time with the Lord. Yeah. And what a difference it makes, right? A big I mean, I, you know, my wife we do devotions every morning, you know, we we it's something that we have to do. Um I know when I come down here, I don't know what I'm going to step into, so I I want I want to be prepared. And one way is is to get into God's word and devotionally read through the Bible. And just to be seek his will for what he has for me in this day. Come down here, I spend the first part morning in my office. I'm praying, asking God for wisdom and understanding of what do you have for me today, God? And uh, because ministry is is so diverse, you never know what's gonna come across your table, you know, in that day, whether you know, a, a visitation, um, you know, on a walk in counseling appointment, whatever. Those things do happen, but so you want to be ready for the unexpected, because yep. that's the way ministry is, is at times. You know, unexpected things happen, and you got to be ready for that. Yeah, you know, and that's I mean that's the first test is is the first thing in the morning. Yeah, our heart and our mind yep. is it on is it on Christ yep. or is it on our literal flesh? Like I yep. I want to sleep in. I want I want an extra hour, mm-hmm. or you know I'm gonna sure. wake up and maybe look at something else instead of getting into the word, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's, it's convicting for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, he, he adds top of 27, furthermore to rise early in the day. We're, we're also denying self of pleasant social evenings, which tend to last into late hours. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good point too, right? If, cause either I'm going to deny myself and wake up early today and get less sleep mm-hmm. Or I'll deny myself twice, and I'll go to bed early the night before, and then wake up early yep. the next day. Yep. Uh, I know for us, we do that on on Saturdays. That that's I been that's yeah. been a a, pra- a weekly practice of mine because mm-hmm. we got to get here early yep. on Sundays, and it's a sacrifice of praise. It and is. you know, I'm I'm blessed. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's it's become a discipline. Yeah. So it, it and, is, and that way yeah. it's not. So much this like oh I have to go to bed early like oh, I really don't want to no it's just it's Saturday night yeah that's yep. that's what I do yeah I'm in bed early I have to you know I've got to get some sleep I don't sleep well as it is so I've got to get all my clothing ironed and get myself ready <laughs> to get up early Sunday morning to come down here you know and when you I mean you know you're here too with the worship team early I'm mm-hmm. here with the ushers so but it is it's a great privilege when you think about ministry like I said ministry is not a job. It's a calling, and with the calling, you understand what a great privilege that God has given us to serve Him full time. You know, we can be doing other things, but God is to know, I have this for you. And with that, like I said, you know, you can't take what we do here for granted. It's a blessing. If you think about, you know, what we do in uh, the, the course of the work for God's kingdom, it's such a blessing, not just here, but, you know, like you've been with us now in outreaches internationally. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. whoever thought that something that would be God would open that door for you to mm. do, but you expressed an interest, so we pursued it, and here you are, part of it now. It's yeah. what, a, what a neat thing that is. You know? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty incredible. So awesome. And then he adds, uh, when you have managed to bring yourself to your devotions, so maybe you you go to bed early, mm-hmm. you wake up early in the next morning. Now you you're you're in it. You know, you're in it to uh, win it. You're you've brought yourself to your devotions. The stubborn self intrudes still, he says. Thoughts of your affairs yeah. demand attention from your mind so that honest contemplation of the glory of God is crowded out. Yeah. A thousand selfish interests prevent true prayer from ever beginning. And man, am I you yeah. know, my, my mind is so 
uh, quick to just wander and drift and start thinking of, you know, what what else is this day going to bring? Yeah. yeah, it's like Paul, I put here a little side note again, you know, Second Corinthians ten five, where he talked about bringing every thought into the captivity and obedience of Christ. And, mm-hmm. and even in that, you know, you can be in the Word constantly, but we know how the enemy works. He just attacks the mind. It's just, it's relentless. And even even as much as we do that we need to do to have pure thoughts, to have clean thoughts, to have thoughts that edify God, like you said, you know, the mind begins to wander, and you know how there's all kind of weird things happen. Mm-hmm. So it's a constant daily battle and struggle and even now, understanding that the more need and necessity of taking up that cross, you know, and, and doing the very best to die to self. And you think about when you, people say, how do you die to self? I don't, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. Um, everybody's different. You know, yeah. how you die to yourself is different than how I die to myself. But the struggle is the same. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The mm-hmm. struggle is the same. The battles are the same. Although your battle with whatever you're trying to get rid of may be different from mine. But at the end of the day, it's still a battle. Right. It's still warfare, you know, right. no matter what that situation might be. So it's an ongoing process. And yeah, we, I would love to get to the point to where you wake up and, and all you, you're thinking about constantly is the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I would love mm. to get there. And I, I, I'm sure there are some people that are close to that, you know. Yeah, yeah. But... You know, I, I would love to know. I'd sit them down. I'd pick their brains for, for. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad hours idea, on right? End. Like, hey, let me ask you some questions. How, yeah. how do you get there? Mm. You know, and it's and you're probably like, well, dying to self. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. Uh, he says in the middle paragraph, the place of private retirement has grown dull or unrewarding. Page 27. Often behind the request is a desire to find a new secret to approaching God's courts little device or an easy step back to the place of joyful fellowship with God and the Lamb. There are no such books or devices you must bear across. Mm. Take aim on self, set your sights on putting self to death, deny self fast, rise earlier. And it's a funny because even today in, in the realm of Christian authorship, you see all kinds of self-help books, exactly what he's talking about here. Yep. A shortcut to the living the full abundant self-denial Christian life. And they and, keep coming out with them, so do. it must it must mean that they're not working, and, right? <laughs> or, or yeah, yeah, but there is no other. There's no self-help remedy. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, you want to know the self-help remedy? Look at the cross. Yeah. And there, there you go, right there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's funny, but it's not, because a lot of people make these people a lot of money because they buy these books to find a shortcut to living a life of self-denial. It's, it's, it's Christ. That's it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's it. It's bottom yeah. line. On page 28, you know, as we try to wrap it up, at the top, it says, The long shadow of the cross will follow you from your home to your field of service for the Lord. Faithful witnessing to Christ face dreadful pains. And he talked about, you know, trying to uh, talk to somebody that you uh, know to witness the gospel. Then he goes in the middle, and I'll continue. It says, Christians are sensitive. We want to be liked and accepted. It is pleasant to be agreeable and peaceful. It is our longing to become more intimate with fellow men. Some brutes witness with an attitude, I don't care what anyone thinks of me. That is not that is to be callous, not gracious. It says, as God's grace quickens in us love for men, a sense of courtesy is heightened, a longing for gentleness and peace is increased. Then I highlight, but with all of this, our Lord's honor is at issue in the discussion. The eternal welfare of men's souls hang in the balance 
with their understanding of truth. And then I kind of put a little line down. says, what must a Christian do if he is to witness? He must consciously choose words that paint his own social consciousness and love of peace. And, and he just said at the beginning of the paragraph, Christians are sensitive. We want to be liked, accepted. It is pleasant to be agreeable and peaceful. And I went down. So, so if the issue is on witnessing, guess what? It's going to pain us at times to share the truth, yep. and there's not going to be peace because they're going to be those that are not going to uh, they're going to disagree with you or come against you, saying, "Why are you so narrow-minded?" Mm-hmm. Kind of thing, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I read that. I'm like, wow. So, is there is is there an easy way to share the gospel and yet be agreeable and peaceful with others? And that's a kind of like a let, yes and no question. But at the end of the day, I think when you are sharing the truth of the gospel, there are going to be those that are going to get offended by what you say. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. The gospel is offensive it by is nature. Very, oh, yeah. Yep. So would you say that if somebody is not preaching the the heavy truths of the gospel, then they haven't died to themselves in that in that regard because yeah. they're holding back or all they're all they're sharing with the other person is is the the positive things yeah. they, they don't want to offend you know yeah. i mean the bible talks about faithful are the wounds of a friend but the kiss of, of an enemy are deceitful meaning you don't want to offend somebody you tell them the truth but um but you're not telling them all the truth mm. you know in other words you're loving them but the truth is kind of like it's, it's below that you know what i'm saying yeah we to speak the truth in love you can love people, but if you're not willing to share the truth, then then they're gonna they're gonna accept what you say without being offended. Um, but when you share the truth, people are not going to readily accept what you say, especially like you said, hey, this is the way of salvation. This is what Jesus did for for you and I, and it doesn't matter whether you agree with me or not. This is what the Bible says. Because if you don't accept Christ, your Lord and Savior, then the the end of the day, the end, the end time, the end result for you, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. Now, nobody likes to be told that. Right. Well, who are you to tell? Who are you to tell me I'm going to hell? I'm, I'm not. Not me. The Bible's telling you that. Not me. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Yeah. Same saying. So there's that, there's that that offensiveness that's going to happen. I've had people when we I went down to the uh, the, uh, the lights uh, Christmas time in town and we were doing this way of the master but we were fake camera videoing people uh-huh, uh-huh. doing a survey and I remember this guy got my man he was not happy mm. and I was using the way of the master and he's like well who do you tell me that I'm not a good person I'm not hey you may be a good person in your eyes but you, your goodness is not going to get you to heaven well who are you to tell me that that's your opinion it's not my opinion sir it's what the bible <laughs> says yeah. and then he just left he walked away just left I mean, one way you could do it, right, is you could say, hey, I've got some good news and I got some yeah. bad news. Yeah. And, yeah, there you go. And I feel like most people will want the bad news first, yep. right? Because yep. then they want they want it to be followed up with the good news, hoping that the good news will outweigh the bad news. So, you know, maybe, maybe we do it that way. Yeah. <laughs> that might be better. Because, yeah, um, cause, yeah I've, I've been told that a number of times, in, you know, in regards yeah. to you know, different things. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, okay, give me the bad news first. Cause yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that the good news is better. And when it comes to the gospel, the good news is totally better. Yep. Yeah. The, yep. the, the bad news might be hard, hard to swallow at first, yep. but man, when you, when you hear that followed up yep. with the good news yep. of salvation yep. of the cross, what Christ came to accomplish for you and for mm-hmm. me, man, that'll, that'll completely overshadow yep. Um, any yeah. 
any sin, any falling short. Yeah. You know. Yeah, there's no, I mean, that's even better than the good news. You know, when you tell somebody that, <laughs> yeah. it's the best news, best news you can have. You Amen. know, it's like when somebody share with you, you know, the gospel and you realize, wow, man, look what I'm missing. Look what I have been missing. And uh, once you come into this faith and this relationship, and like you said, when in this chapter, when you learn the value and the significance and importance of taking your cross, of dying yourself, I mean, I, I think God becomes a spectrum that you've never seen him in in the ways that he wants us to see him mm. uh, when we are not willing to take up our cross. When we are, the, God just opens that Pandora's box of opportunities for us yeah. to be uh, more than what we deserve in mm. being used by him for his glory. Right on. So, yeah. Let's have this close with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you today, Lord, for this opportunity to share on a most important subject and topic, and that is the cross. And um, we have more to discuss, and perfectly it will continue to expand uh, the significance of why the cross is something that we need to be mindful of every moment of every day, not just when we get up, but throughout the whole day. We're going to be challenged to where we have to die to self. And so, Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this beautiful studio. We get to use it today, Lord, and we look forward to seeing how you will take this and use it for your glory and for your praise. And we ask that you would expand this podcast um, in ways that we have not even even a vision or even imagined, because it's your ministry. This is your podcast. This is your idea. And we're just blessed that you would take um, two people like Pastor John and myself and to use this to share the gospel share the truths of the Bible. So bless um, this podcast. Bless everything that this student has used for. And may you be glorified. May you be honored. And may you be well pleased in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.